Welcome to Rare Experts, a candid interview show where the only thing that's real is the comedic tension. And now your host, Nina McElby. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for joining us on another episode of Rare Experts. If you're new to the show, let me start out by saying welcome. Uh, you're probably here because you overheard me in line at Panda Express when I was trying to get a discount on some Kung Pao chicken with peanut sauce, um, in which case, please, I assure you that I am not the person that you saw in that line trying to get a discount using my name, and I'm actually a pretty nice guy. Um, all that being said, I'd love to go ahead and welcome my first guest for the day, first and only guest, and his name is Jeffrey Acorn. He is a professor of momology with a focus on the genus Marmota. And uh, Jeffrey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yes, no problem, Peanut. Great. Well, Jeffrey, um, why don't we both at the same time, because I had to look this up, uh, at the very same time, let's just both say what I think it is that you do and then what you think I think it is that you do. All right, ready? Yes. Three, two, one. The study squirrels? of skunk excretions. Uh, okay, well, so pretty close then. Um, I'm actually getting a note right now from the production booth. Uh, professors of mammalogy apparently study mammals, which, you know, that makes sense. It's right in the word. But the, the genus Marmota, um, I have to assume that is the marmot. Is that correct? Yes, that is absolutely correct, Peanut. Great. So, so Jeffrey, uh, Dr. Acorn, are you telling me that you've made an entire career out of studying, um, I believe, a member of the squirrel family? Um, they are closely, they are most closely related to, and by most closely related, I mean they are uh, groundhogs. Oh, groundhogs. Okay. Um, so that actually explains a lot because my next question went to um, a very special celebration in the fine state of Alaska where they celebrate every February 2nd a day called Marmot Day in place of Groundhog Day. Um, so would that be why? Is, it, is there a political statement there or why, why is that? Can you tell us a little more about it? Yes. Um, uh, yeah, Marmot Day. It's a holiday up in Alaska. And what happens is okay. uh, once a year, the marmot comes out of the mountain. And uh, if they can see its shadow, winter will last forever. Oh, wow. So much higher stakes than what we're accustomed to here in the lower continental U.S. Mm -hmm. Subsequently, if it gets struck by lightning, will it top the mountain? Mm -hmm. um, they just have to find a different marmot. That has happened three or four times. Okay, now how many, how long has this been going on for? Just since last year. Oh, wow. So this is a pretty dangerous um, designation. Is this, you're, you're, you're telling me that in the last year, three or four marmots have been killed by lightning while crawling out on February 2nd to determine whether or not they can see their shadow. Yes, that's correct. Of um, all the marmot occupations, it's the highest fatality rate by far. Oh, okay. So that's something that you, as a professor of mammalogy, um, that's something that you actually study is the occupations of the various wild marmots. Yes, that's correct. Okay. That's, well, that's very interesting. Would you be so kind as to give us a quick rundown of, say, three or four of those occupations? Yes. Um, one of the most common uh, occupations for a marmot, uh, also called the whistle pig, uh, mm -hmm. is being a referee, uh, usually in like division three or four college sports. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I can't deny that because I've literally never seen a Division Three game of anything. So that's probably true. What else do you uh, have? Yeah, they say, they say that uh, most people actually go to just see marmots as referees, honestly, and not 
to watch the sport. I have to keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, so a second um, marmot occupation is food truck sous chef. That's a very common one. Um, Interesting. Didn't they expect fit, that. They fit really well in there, and they have loud calls for when people's orders are ready, which is important in the food truck business because okay. obviously you're outdoors and there's a lot of hubbub going on around. Yeah, ruckus, of course. Around it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so then a third, a third marmot occupation, as you asked for three or four, and so I will list that many. Right. Um, a third marmot occupation is astronaut, and uh, it's a little known fact. This is sort of a, a stretch of the term marmot occupation. Mm. Um, it was just one of them, and uh, honestly, you know, there's things like the chimp that went into space and the dog Laika who get all the attention. Um, but uh, there was a really small unknown Himalayan space program, um, given the fact that mm. you know those mountains are already so close to space, where they tried to launch a marmot into space, and honestly. The thing is, is one of the reasons it doesn't get the attention is it was more of a slingshot um, of a marmot with a fishbowl on its head, and it definitely never left the atmosphere. Uh, so did it come back down? Was it found? What was the, were there repercussions of any kind? Um, that marmot is still MIA. Interesting. Okay. So now, was that marmot launched with any food, things to snack on, things like acorns or seeds or anything like that? Maybe an astronaut? Yes, um, I believe they. I believe they stuffed a couple of uh, pounds of yak jerky uh, oh. into a pack strapped to its back. A yak pack. Yes. Interesting. A yak. A pack. yak pack. That is correct. Yak pack on his back. A back yak pack. Yak backpack? Nope. Back yak pack. Um, okay. Well, that's three. Can you give us one more? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Um, a fourth uh, marmot occupation um, is uh, an elevator attendant. Oh. You know, I'm willing to believe that. They, you know, they press the, the buttons. Sure. Yeah, I think many, many species are probably capable of that. Um, so to go back to, to Marmot Day for just a moment, um, down here in the continental U.S., we have Puxatawney Phil. He's the kind of celebrity face of Groundhog Day. Is there a marmot that is of equal status? I know you said there's a high fatality rate. Maybe he's just a figurehead or a mascot, but what, what do you rally behind on Marmot Day? Um, yeah, no, so there's obviously been a couple, as I mentioned, um, we've already gone through a few of mm -hmm. them, um, and, uh, uh, their names are inconsequential. Oh, sure. Well, I suppose, what's the point in getting attached? Honestly, honestly, none of them lasted long enough to, uh, get the tradition going, and so a name hasn't really stuck yet. That makes a lot of sense. I'll check back with you in five or ten years once you've kind of figured out how to keep the marmots alive a little bit longer. Yeah, we were thinking of. Um, I'm, I say we because I'm on the I'm on a commission trying to get this this day oh. kind of in, into motion. And I'm the primary researcher behind the theory that if a marmot sees its shadow in Alaska on February second, that winter will last for an eternity. Well, congratulations. Um, thank you, thank you very much. Um, and uh, yeah, so I I've suggested um, Fairbanks Joe. Fairbanks Joe. Um, Catchy. And uh, and then um, just just Juno. Because sure. it's a name and a place. Mm -hmm. Shout um, out to Juno. Uh, and then my my other suggestion um, was Alaska Jack. Alaska Jack. That I have to say is my personal favorite. Alaska Jack, the marmot. Yep. Um, I hope we can get to a point in the near future where Alaska Jack is a title that a marmot can feel safe to hold. That is that is the goal. Yes. Doctor Acorn. If I could pivot for a moment, because you are a professor of mammalogy. Yes, um, I am. Matt. And I know you. I know you do focus on. Marmots. That is what I focus I'm on. I'm sure yes. you've studied. Yeah, exactly. Um, my notes are are clear about that. Um, I'm sure you study other acorns. Other acorns. I'm so I'm so sorry. You study other 
mammals as well. Um, I'm sure yes, you study other mammals as well. Yeah. Uh, so what I'd like to ask you about is how some of these different types of mammals compare. So we talked about squirrels a little bit. And one thing that I happen to know about squirrels is that if you have a group of squirrels together, it's called a scurry. Yes, that's correct. What do you call, yeah, what do you call a group of marmots? Say there's five or more marmots gathered together. Is there a term for that in the field? Yes, there's a term, which I'm going to say right now. Uh, the term for a group of marmots is uh, hot pen. Oh. Yep. A, a hot pen? Yes, that is correct. A hot pen. Hot pen, okay. Uh, Gotta say, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know what? A lot of science doesn't make it, sense uh, to me. It, it does. It comes, from, it comes from the term whistle pig, as in pig pen. Oh, pig pen. Okay, so marmot goes to whistle pig, goes to, to, to pig pen, which then becomes hot pen somehow. Yes, the sun is very hot. The sun is... These are all scientific facts. Uh, the tenacity with which I'm going to grill you about this is not worth the effort. Um, so I guess let's let's go ahead and jump over to a different part of the the sphere of mammalogy. Mammalogy, mammalogy, or mammalogy? What is it? Mammalogy. <laughs> hmm. So in the in the wide wide field of mammalogy, um, what are some of the most and I guess more importantly least interesting mammals that you have had the pleasure or displeasure of studying? Um, the most interesting mammal by a country mile, other than the marmot, which of course is, is my area of specialty, is actually called the golden mole, which mm -hmm. a little known fact, it is, uh, it's not a mole. Um, no it's one easy. knows what it is really. Uh, it sort of lives outside of the realms of scientific classification. Um, but wow. it is a small blind mammal that burrows in the ground. Mm. Yes, um, and it has uh, a semi-reflective skin that uh, is actually very rainbow-like in appearance. So it's sort of like if a naked mole rat read the rainbow fish and made a Halloween costume out of it. I would say a more apt comparison would be if a naked mole rat was bitten by Edward from the Twilight series. And that okay that. That makes sense. Okay, so hopefully that's not something that's ever actually happened, but um, the comparison is apt. Uh, I do believe Robert Pattinson has done that, but um, the character of Edward is fictional, and therefore I don't think that that has ever happened. Sorry, Dr. Acorn, do you mean to tell me that you have conclusive evidence that Robert Pattinson, the acclaimed actor, has been confirmed to have bitten at least one naked mole rat? Um, no, uh... Robert Pattinson, a.k.a. The Batman, has bitten one golden mole rat. Golden mole or rat? Golden, golden mole. Just a golden mole. Okay. Um, Just a golden mole. Well, Robert Pattinson, if you have something that you want to say about this, you're welcome to join the show. But in the meantime, you are going to be deemed an enemy of the program. So I just want to say he's a good again. personal friend, and I didn't say that to, you know. Well, that's a shame. Have him get any guff for it. We're officially boycotting Velocity of Z as of now. Um, well, Dr. Acorn, we have a little game that we've recently introduced into our program. Maybe you're familiar with it. It's called Taking It to the Next Level. One of my other suggestions for, a, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but uh, oh, no for problem. a name for one of those Alaskan... For Alaska um, Jack? Yeah, for Alaska Jack is um, Cedric. Cedric. Oh. Uh, as in Cedric Diggory? Uh, I don't follow. Sir, I would appreciate it if you would not bring up enemy of the program, Robert Pattinson, anymore. 
and necessary. Um, anyways, as I was saying, we have a game here called Taking It to the Next Level, and I was going to invite you to, uh, to participate. What do you think? Um, I can do that. Sure, okay, so here's the rules. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of words, and I need you to translate those words into Marmot, therefore taking it into the next level. Yes, I speak fluent Marmot, I can do that. I thought you might, okay, well here you go. We're going to start with the simple one. First word is whistle. Yeah. All right. Burrow. Yeah. Hmm, similar. Um, hibernate. Yeah. And then marmot. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, okay. Um, and then if, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to have you do a whole sentence. Um, how would you translate if a marmot were to say to another fellow marmot something along the lines of, uh, these berries are poisonous? Berries. Nah. Oh, interesting. So there's not necessarily a direct translation for berries in the Marmot language. Yes, that's correct. Interesting, as that's one of their primary food groups. You'd think they would have come up with something by now, but you're the expert. They found it um, easiest to just accommodate to the uh, English word for berry, as it makes it easier for um, bagging along the sides of trails in alpine areas. That is a shockingly believable solution for the problem that I just posed to you. Um, well, Dr. Acorn, thank you so much for being on the program. Do you have any other shout outs you'd love to give? Yeah, just another um, quick apology to my uh, good close friend, Robert Pattinson. Um, I'm going to cut you off there. Yeah, um, yeah, thanks so much, Dr. Guy. Acorn. It's going to be in the Batman uh, coming Screw you, up Robert Pattinson. Yeah, okay, Don't call but... us. Thanks for listening to Rare Experts. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Um, and uh, it has scales. No, not scales. What am I saying? <clears throat> You're the scientist. Um, yes, and it has uh, <clears throat> restarting. <laughs> 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 <laughs>